Welcome to another edition of Waiting for Next Year's Cavs Cast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. This is your host, Seth, and joining me tonight, you can read his work on basketballnews.com, listen to his podcast, Keeping It 94, follow him on Twitter at Spin Davies. Folks, Spencer Davies. Spencer, how are you, man? I'm great, Seth. How about you, man? Good, good. Very excited to talk to you. A little bit of Cavs basketball before we get into Thursday night football. So I appreciate you jumping on. For sure, man. And, you know, what better way to spend some time before Thursday night football than looking on the outside and seeing just snow accumulating on the ground. We've got games getting moved to Detroit. We got all kinds of good stuff happening right before the holidays here in lovely Northeast Ohio. Gotta, gotta just absolutely love this kind of weather, don't we? Oh, it's beautiful. I, I was curious what, what they were going to do with that game. And I saw a yeah. little screenshot tonight that they're refunding all the all the Buffalo Bills season ticket holder. I was I was impressed. As they should. That's good. Yes. That's good. good. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that they didn't lose their money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're talking a little Cavs tonight. Um, and Spencer, I know you've spent some time at Cleveland Clinic Courts, um, you know, throughout training camp and this. And you follow the team. Uh, so, again, appreciate you jumping on. Um, it's obviously been uh, hot and cold so far. I, I feel like we had uh, there's almost two halves to the young season so far for the Cavaliers. Uh, they're currently on a five game losing streak, but they do sit at eight and six for the season. They're in fourth place. Uh, I think just a half game back of Atlanta uh, and tied with the Raptors in fourth. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about the five game losing streak and where they're at. Um, anything that's sticking out to you, Spencer? I know you've you've had a chance to go back and look at some tape. Anything sticking out at you in terms of what's you know what's really popping during this losing streak? Yeah, uh, it's just really. If you look at last season when they started to fall after the All Star break, it's when Jared Allen went down, and coincidentally during this losing streak, the last two games and probably soon to be three, um, they haven't had a rim protector in the middle of the floor. Now, Evan Mobley is capable of these things, but he is more of a help guy. He's more of a weak side defender. Jared Allen has a little bit more more bulkiness to him. He's got a little bit more of that that meanness to him that Evan is not really prepared to be in that spot at the moment, but you kind of have to work with what you have. Um, So there's that, but it's not just the inside that's suffering. It's the outside. Perimeter defense has just been just horrendous during this entire streak. Um, guys are not closing out well enough, hard enough. Um, they're not being smart on containing the drives. Um, it's just kind of all snowballed in a way. Ever since that fourth quarter at Staples Center against the Clippers, when they were well in control of that game, they were up 11 points, and then they gave it up. Clippers come back and win, and then just kind of took off out from there. So, like... Um, I, I believe that they have plenty to get it corrected. Um, you know, it, it's not easy when you do lose, you know, guys like that. No one's talking about Dean Wade being out. He's out with a knee injury. Um, he's absolutely paramount to what they can do out on the perimeter, um, on the defensive end. And also as somebody who's a great spot up shooter, but they've really kind of taken a step back as far as not giving the second effort, the third effort, the fourth effort. That's what J.B. Bickerstaff was talking about after the loss um, the other night. Basically was, you know, these guys, we're not putting forth that extra oomph, basically, um, when these teams are, are just 
killing him from deep. I mean, you can't help Brooke Lopez hitting seven of nine. I mean, I understand that. Um, and they were parking lot shots and they did a great job on Giannis. Uh, but just the 21 second chance points is something they can help. You know, crashing the glass is something they can help. Um, their offense is fine. I don't I don't see any issue with their offense. They're moving the ball. Uh, yeah, it gets a little stagnant towards the end of, of, of you know, fourth quarters and whatnot. But they're moving the ball fine. Donovan Mitchell's walking in to 30 every night. You know, like I, I see not much of an issue on that end. It's the defensive end right now that's that's really hurt him. And uh, it starts with Jared Allen, who's basically the linchpin. And, and what a what a brutal matchup to not have Jared Allen. I mean, when the Milwaukee <laughs> Bucks are all out, Portis, Lopez, and Giannis, it's what a terrible matchup to not have Jared Allen. And, and then Minnesota. I mean, you go up against right. Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, and poor Evan Mobley, he's doing what he can against Cat, but Cat's just lowering the shoulder and bruising him. Like, it was just some bad games not to have them, absolutely. Um, but, again, it's that, that shooting element is interesting. Uh, you know, even going back to the Kings game, Trey Lyles lit them up. You know, you got guys, um, you know, out there just, just letting it fly, and, and there's not nearly enough smart closing out of, on, on that. And so uh, you got to be able to do that. you got to defend without fouling, and uh, you got to run them off and, and force them and funnel them in to, to your guys that are going to defend the rim. That was one of the things that I would think was really evident last night's loss against the Bucks is the the second unit. That was one of the biggest uh, that was one of the biggest reasons for success early on in the year was the Cavaliers' second unit led by Kevin Love just destroying the, the second teams. And man, the, every single Bucks reserve uh, was just coming out. I, I'll be honest, I had to look up a couple of them. Like I haven't seen that guy play. I haven't seen Beauchamp, their their rookie play. AJ the, Green, I'll say, I did not know fire. who AJ Green was. You know, you know who Marjan <laughs> Beauchamp was, and he he was in the yeah. you know the starting lineup. But they they've got a nice deep team. I, I really like Milwaukee, and they they, they should obviously be a you know a favorite or. Or, or something at least along those lines based on what they can do. But, but yeah, I know you're not wrong. I mean, second unit's been a, a big part of what the Cavs have been able to do. You know, Kevin Love started off in such a great stretch. Um, he's still shooting the, the cover off the ball. Jetty Osman, you know, you're going to get good Jetty or bad Jetty. That's just how it is uh, at the moment. And it's pretty much, you know, how it's been over his career. Um, but I think that they're really hurting because, uh, you know, some of these guys that are coming off the bench are like a little bit deeper. Um, what, what's a actual, you know, advantage of this is that you're, you're getting to see more Lamar Stevens minutes. And I thought he did a tremendous job on Giannis, uh, yesterday, um, and making it tough on him, you know, just getting his hand on the ball and, and forcing him, uh, to, I mean, no shot is tough for Giannis, but to actually, you know, contest it and, and, and get in his way and force him to, you know, kind of take an extra step or or have a contested layup. Like Lamar did a great job there. And he did a good job on, on Sunday as well. Uh, but their depth is getting, you know, tested right now because they're missing their starting center. Um, and they're missing one of their better, again, perimeter defenders and Dean Wade. And, you know, they're still waiting on Ricky Rubio to get back. So um, I think that also plays into it. But again, I mean, are they as good as that eight? straight winning team are they as bad as this five game losing team i don't think so i think it lays somewhere in the middle and we're it's november 17th and so like you know i i like to be pumped the brakes guy with the good news i also like to be pumped the break guy with the bad news you know it's just uh you get they got to stay even keeled and i think that's something this team can do 
that's something that Donovan Mitchell has said over and over again during the eight game win streak. And then during some, you know, some of these tough losses is, Hey guys, you know, it's really all about tomorrow. That's what, that's one of the things I really like about what he's brought to this team is not getting too high, not getting too low. It's all about the corrections and what the guys can do tomorrow. And, it's speaking about Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I know that's that's a guy for me that you know, we get to see him occasionally. You, you don't get a ton of Utah games nationally, and for the folks that don't have league pass, you know we we got to see him one time at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse last year, and he lit the Cavs up. <laughs> He's been obviously just on an absolute tear early on this season. Top eight, top ten MVP candidate, depending on what sports book you're looking at. Shooting the lights out from uh, from the field, from three free throw line. I mean, he's just been spectacular. Anything surprise you about what he's brought either on or off the court so far this year for the Cavs? Yeah. So, so one thing I think I can point out is, you know, I watched a lot of jazz games. I I was very in tune with that team and their offense was obviously built around Donovan Mitchell, but they had some good shooters, Bojan Bogdanovich, um, you know, like they, they, you know, in the really, you know, older days, they, you know, Joe, Joe Ingles was a great part of that team. Obviously George, Jordan Clarkson, um getting some shots up for him but for me i did not realize how strong he was in his upper body strength um in attacking the rim um being able to to use you know kind of his broader frame up there i i honestly did not know that he could move bodies um and so like seeing that is awesome uh i also didn't know he could be this effortless of a scorer. I know he was a good scorer and that he could get hot, but the way he goes about getting his points, one, he's not selfish. He, if, if he takes a shot, it's not, I have rarely seen him take a bad shot this year. Um, if he's getting into a pull-up coming off of a screen, if he's coming off of a screen and shooting a three, if he's driving to the basket and drawing a foul, you know, this is a three-level scorer. Um, you know, we know about that with Colin Sexton, obviously, but we haven't seen it this kind of smoothly, I guess, uh, is the way I want to put it. And, uh, the, the playmaking ability too, is something that's really caught my eye. Uh, he has some really, really sharp passing skills. Um, you know, I, I saw one against the Warriors where it was a one-handed bullet pass, uh, when he was coming down the lane and he shot it out to, to the corner. I think Jetty nailed it. Um, you know, he's got. The ability to draw a lot of attention, which is going to open up things up, obviously, for guys like Darius Garland and whoever else is on the floor with him. Like he is very, he has a lot of gravitational pull. I think that that part uh, I underestimated when the deal was made because I wasn't like the hugest fan of the deal when it came out. Like I like I thought they gave up a lot, and obviously, you look at what Utah's doing right now with Lowry Markkinen. Lowry Markkinen's having a career <laughs> year, and he looks great. You know, Colin's doing some great things off the bench as well. Um, but, I mean, Donovan, you know, it's just that superstar tier level guy that they think will push him forward. And, I, I mean, if the others come along with him, just like it was during that eight-game winning streak, then I don't see why not. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, 
toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, GenXGrownUp.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> You're so right about just his stoutness. I mean, when he gets into the paint, he has that ability to, once he once he gets into a fender and he's airborne, that, that center or that big guy that's meeting him up in the air, I mean, he has no problem making contact, hanging in the air, and either finishing with a little little floater shot he's got or kicking out to somebody. That, that's definitely the one thing that stuck out to me, too, is just how, you know, how physical he can play. And he uses his body, too, uh, on the defensive end, which also is another thing that I don't think a lot of people are you know, noticing as much, um, is, is he's really, it's hard to move him when he's, when he's <laughs> defending. Uh, now, you know, obviously you can get lost sometimes on, you know, off the ball and, and, you know, that's just natural sometimes with some of these, some of these players in the NBA can just roam for days and relocate and shoot and all that. But I think on the ball, Donovan's been really, really solid, uh, as a defender, especially when Jarrett's been on the court, but Again, I mean, it's a team-wide issue right now on, on the perimeter, but um, overall with, with Donovan, I think that they couldn't be happier. You know, I think the word that uh, – or the phrase that J.B. Bickerstaff used after one of those wins in, on the initial homestand was that he's a complete player, and I think that's speaking a lot of what he's capable of. I'm getting flashbacks to a couple of denials that he had when Tatum was trying to post him up. And he's like, no, you're, you're not getting deep on me. I'm going to put my foot in the ground and you're not moving me. And he, he didn't, mm-hmm. it was, it was impressive what, what he's able to do on obviously the offensive end and, and the defensive. Um, the next thing I wanted to bring up Spencer and get your take. So this is something that frankly has been talked about too much, but I think, the last few games and how well some of the guys have played makes it a more interesting conversation than maybe it was throughout the first few games of the season. So obviously the Cavs big four, you, you have your lock for your, your point guard, shooting guard, uh, power forward and center uh, in uh, Garland, Mitchell, Allen and Mobley. The, the, a lot of the conversation throughout camp has been, okay, who's starting at the three starting small forward position. What, what are those rotational minutes look like? Just wanted to get your thoughts, Spencer on, you know, how Karras has played throughout, you know, throughout this short 14 game span, I think maybe take last year off the table throughout the span this year. And then some really decent minutes when he's been healthy from Dean Wade and, and Lamar Stevens, just how you think the the starting small forward role is going. And then just how, how the rotational minutes look behind that. Shoot, man. You know, I was the one that asked Karras on media day, just what it was like coming in a training camp and having a full training camp with a team and not being traded and, you know, standing pat in an area that you you were not in last year so you can actually get acclimated with the team and get to know people and get to you know establish some chemistry he was the talk of camp man Karis was the talk of camp and and he came out those first you know 10 games uh really really solid on the defensive end a very willing passer and a great passer by the way my goodness when you see some of those so pocket passes that he's had to some of the bigs uh some drive and dumps that he's had to the bigs like he has some really really good good moves i think uh in that aspect but uh, as of late the defense has 
tailed off a little bit. I think that might be something that Bickerstaff is referring to. He hasn't mentioned any names. Um, But, you know, he had one of his poorer games against Milwaukee. And uh, if you're not giving it on the defensive end and you're not converting um, on the shots that you're you're taking, then, you know, it's hard to keep you out there. Uh, He's, you know, interestingly enough, he's been a better catch shooter this year than he has off the dribble. Uh, So that's, that's an element of his game that is doing a little bit of a, a swap, so to speak. Yeah. Um, he's he's not making his usual, like, you know, 15-footers at the elbow. He's not making those. It's weird. Um, and they're good looks. Uh, but he is making the catch-and-shoot three, something that he's had trouble with usually throughout his career. So it's a little kind of backwards. But um, the starting lineup thing is interesting because at the beginning of the season, I was in the camp of, yeah, maybe not. Maybe Maybe you don't start him at the three because one, you can use some of that bench juice that he can provide. Um, and two, you know, having three ball, ball dominant guards probably isn't, isn't, isn't easy to, to have. But again, I, I go back to this though. I, I don't think the offense has been an issue. It's just when, what I've watched when they're on, I mean, they have their lapses. They have some very poor lapses, but like when they're on, and they're moving it, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. You can get Donovan Mitchell off the ball. You can get Darius Garland off the ball in certain possessions. Um, and Darius and Donovan are still trying to learn one another. Um, we saw what it could be in their first game together. Holy hell, did we ever. Um, <laughs> but but I don't know if Karras is necessarily the, the, the issue, but if Dean Wade comes back healthy, I could see them going that route, putting him at the three. Um, I could see them trying Lamar Stevens out going at the three, um, which, by the way, uh, you know, another part of this, too, is, you know, Bickerstaff not going too deep into his rotation early in the season, which is kind of interesting to, to me. Um, you know, maybe you want to go nine, ten deep instead of eight and play Donovan Mitchell 39 minutes a night. Darius Garland's playing somewhere around 36, 37 minutes a night. Like that's that's going to wear on him early. Uh, but the, the, the small forward position, yeah, I probably would try something else, but I mean, you saw it. They, they beat the Celtics with this guy starting twice. So I I don't know. Do those just not count anymore because they've lost five in a row? Like I, I, maybe I'm naive. I no idea, but I think that Dean Wade's probably the best option for that at the moment. But again, he's got the knee injury. So They've got to make do with what they have, and and that's you know pretty much what the situation is right now. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. 
that's what's made some of this early season so frustrating is you go pile over and look at lineup data and it, you're hard pressed to find like a lot of big trends because obviously Darius being out, Dean Wade being out, Jared Allen being out. And I know that's a reality for every single NBA team, but you try to find what works. Obviously the coaching staff has a much better idea than I do on my basketball reference website here, but <laughs> you try to look at trends and patterns and, you know, you, you struggle to find, you know, them having all, all their favorite guys on the court at one time. And, you know, the one thing that I, I've really been impressed by, and I don't, I don't have any numbers in front of me, but just Dean defensively, I mean, him chasing around the best player at times, Tatum's, the Browns, the, the you know, the best wing on the opposition and then hitting his open threes. He's been lights mm-hmm. out. Um, I think he's, I think he's in the 60 percentile of open, what they call open threes this year. He's just absolutely dominant from, from getting those clean looks. So he's, he's just been excellent for their spacing. I think with the, with the starters. Yeah, and and they miss that. They do. They miss that. You know, both ends of an imp- impact right there. That's that's a big loss. And you know, people tend to get very frustrated because they see L's, you know, out there, and it's not fun to see losses pile up. But like sometimes you also got to go with the reality. Some you know, like it's it, again. I don't think that they're as good as they were during that eight game winning streak or they're as bad as they were are in this, this five game losing streak. And uh, I I know we like to talk in absolutes these days, but um, it's, it's going to be a process, you know, JB brought it up too after the, the loss in Milwaukee about, you know, great teams getting to, you know, the winter time and they're 500 or they're just a little bit below 500. He cited the Miami heat. He cited, Back to the Timberwolves when they had Latrell Sprewell and Sam Cassell, <laughs> like he 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 cited these like old teams and and how they didn't have perfect um, right off the bat. Um, so like they understand. I mean, I think last night's press conference was just to put a little fire under him, and I think he did it in a very respectful manner because he said that he's not wavering. He's not ever thought of wavering once. Um, but it's their responsibility to find the guys who are going to, you know, play the way that they want to play. And um, I believe the the words that he used was uh, fat cat mentality that that's been uh, during this this losing streak. So, um, you know, kind of getting getting too too much uh, reading of the pressing press headlines and whatnot. And I, I don't even know if it's that much. But, you know, if he sees it in the team, then then he's going to do what he must to to correct it. Yeah, some of the guys may have been what, listening to uh, Simmons. I know Simmons had a nice rant about the Cavs after those two wins. The Hoops Collective, they were, they were definitely talk of the town there. Uh, you beat the, the best the team in the tier. league twice in overtime. I mean, that's what's <laughs> going to happen. The attention's going to come. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, well, we'll we'll change it up here a little bit and go to a kind of a fun listener question. Now, I, I have I have no idea um, if we have any any thoughts here, but I'm just going to throw it out to you, Spence. So one of the questions that I got texted to me was how much do you think the junkyard chain costs? Do you have any insight on how much that beautiful piece of jewelry might cost? Ooh, <laughs> no, I'm not one for appraisals. I, I ooh, that's <laughs> tough. I got to imagine that that bad boy's got to be up there in the, mm, I might sound dumb. I don't know. I'll guess like 4K, 5K. I don't know, man. It's some real, it's some real jewelry. There's some good, good looking diamonds in there. I don't know. That's a good question. It, I mean, it's huge. It looks heavy. I mean, it's, it, oh, know, it's, it's got very, some weight to it. it. It's <laughs> legit, man. Like when, you know, in the press conferences and you see these guys wearing this thing, it, it 
Doesn't look like a piece of plastic. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> that's something we should look up and see. And, and, and if I'm way off, then you'll know I'm not going on prices right anytime soon. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> no, that's if, a good if one. You wanna, yeah. Well, if you want to save up for your own junkyard chain, uh, we at WFNY, we've got a great deal with Underdog Fantasy. Uh, for first-time depositors, enter in the code WFNY at checkout, and Underdog will match your first $100. Underdog is a great platform if you're tired of the DFS salary system. There's tons of games, types of different games, drafts every night. Don't forget, use WFNY at checkout to get your first deposit matched up to $100. Really, that question was really just a segue in, into the ad read. So, I, you know, had to, had to throw it in there. Was it so was know, a real question, though. So Cheap, cheap plug, baby. That's what you got to do. I understand. Transitions. Transitions, yeah. <laughs> Love Speaking it. of transitions, um, I 100% agree with your sentiment of it, it's early Um kind of that Aaron Rodgers relax, right? <laughs> they're not as they're not as good as that eight and one. They're not as bad as the current five game skid. Let's reassess in the next 15, 20 games, see where they're at. It's a long, long season. And if um, I had if, one more thing to add in too, I mean, West Coast road trip, those are never easy. Um once you you don't want to let wins slip away like they like did in, you know, Golden State, um, or like they did um, you know, the in the Clippers game. Um, and, and that Minnesota game was just a complete schedule loss. I mean, on the NBA, to make them travel from San Francisco that Friday evening, a.k.a. Saturday morning, uh, back home, have less than, what is it, 40, 28 hours, 24 hours rest, whatever the hell it was, and to have them play a 6 p.m. Eastern game against Minnesota, probably makes sense why they came out a little sluggish in that one. But... The, the the West Coast drift was was tough, and then you go in and you face a Milwaukee team who's been a buzzsaw this year. It hasn't mattered who the hell's been on the floor for them. Uh, you know, Javon Carter drops 36 points last week. Uh, <laughs> you know, they don't have Drew Holiday, but you have, you know, guys like Brooke Lopez who are knocking down threes and playing amazing defense um, in on the interior. Like, they just have a good team and a good championship pedigree to them. So, I mean, the schedule's not getting any easier. I will say that. They do no. they should have a layup um tomorrow against the Hornets. That should be a layup. But then you face the Heat and then you yep. face the Hawks and then Hawks, you face yep. a Blazers team who's been defending their asses off and look rejuvenated. Uh those are not easy games. So, they're going to keep coming and the East is going to be competitive. It's going to be competitive all year long. There's going to be a lot of this. You're you're going to see People doing podcasts like this for every team saying, what the hell's going on? For me, it's because the team or the uh, the league is so even. Like, if you look at some of the standings, man, like, it, it's crazy. I think there are only five teams that have less than five wins. Like, there is a ton of parity this year, and I love it. Personally, as a fan of basketball, I love seeing it. You can pick one team and say, that guy's really good on every single team or multiple guys for a lot of teams. So Eastern Conference in, in particular, too, it's going to be a race. Yeah, there's there's some good teams that are going to win 43, 44, 45 games this year. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just an absolute juggernaut. And speaking of the the, uh, you know, the schedule, just a reality, I, I think their their heat Hawks is a back to back. And then they, when they play the Blazers, I think it'll be three, three games in four nights. So it just it just doesn't stop the way this NBA not. season works. It doesn't yep. stop. If we take a step back and kind of go a little bit more macro, I think, you know, most folks say, hey, you know, 
the future of this team and even the organization has admitted i think so much so with with evan mobley you know it this team is going to go kind of where evan mobley takes us so we're, we're kind of going beyond the tactical this season um i just wanted to get your thoughts on evan mobley to you year two based off of you know his body his game what have you liked from evan mobley in his second season what have you not liked how do you think he's playing so far uh, I think you've gotten a mixed bag from him on the offensive end, but at the same time, I feel like he's been aggressive. I feel like he's using that shoulder to to get into the paint. Uh, he's been really good in the the restricted area and non restricted area, but with the you know the the mid rangers, the face up mid rangers, he has not been good. He has not been shooting threes, uh, you know, as much as you know they probably hoped him to be shooting threes or or converting them, you know. Um, I think he's still best when guys are creating for him and he's getting off the ball. You put him in the dunker spot, you get, uh, you know, an alley-oop or you get an easy look inside. I still think that's the strength of, of, of his game right now uh, on that end of the floor. On defense, once you get Jared Allen back, he's one of the best weak side defenders in the NBA. There's no question about it. He's really switchable, um, good in, in, in pick and roll situations and, and figuring out um, – making decisions before the actions are even run. Like he's so, so intelligent in that area of the floor. But yeah, I, I think as for things to improve, you want to see him hitting more face up jumpers and you want to see him, you know, kind of extending his range a little bit. But right now he's been very good in the paint and, you know, within that five, six foot area of, of getting good shots and taking advantage of some of the mismatches that, that he can find. Um, but when he's going up against these brutally big men, it's just not, it's not in his, his cards. It's he's not a traditional five. Like, and I don't want to call Jared Allen a traditional five because not a lot of fives can switch out and guard Bradley Beal for 30 seconds. But like, you know, Allen has more of that build. He has more of that, that kind of come at me and I'm going to deny you. Mobley is that, come out of nowhere i'm gonna swat you he's more of that all right i'll take you out on the perimeter and you can try and get past me you know like there's differences um he is not a you know traditional guy in the sense of where he can be you know your interior anchor he can be the anchor of your defense but he can't be your, your interior anchor yeah, that that free safety position and him just roaming. I mean, just just yep. makes guys like look over their shoulder, like where? Okay, where is he? I'm correct. <laughs> I, I'm yep. in the paint. Where the, where the hell is that big guy? So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, love it. Yeah, that's you know, shame on me for looking at too many offseason videos, but there there was quite a bit right of him jacking up threes and and the jumper looked pretty good. So I was curious mm -hmm. to see where that was going to go. It's it's early in the season. We'll kind of see how his how that shot progresses over his career. But definitely to your point, seems like something he's not very comfortable yet, or the team's not completely comfortable with yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, you saw it going into the you know the down the stretch. Um, they're in the playoff hunt, and then the defense starts tailing off. Uh, you get to, you know, getting in towards the play in like the defense was just suffering without Jared Allen. It's just the reality of the situation. Uh, when they get Jared Allen's back, I, I bet you that it's going to be better, at least on the interior. They still got to fix guarding the perimeter. That's never going to go away. But on the inside, they will not be like an open door. No. Mm -mm. Yep. 
Yeah, that's that's the one thing I would in the in the Discord, WFNY Discord, we were talking about that and you know about foul rate and how Allen and Mobley have a few more fouls than normal. I'm like, well, you know, when you got guys coming downhill at you 100 miles an hour, there's just no protection for those guys right now. And so, mm -hmm. I, I think it makes a lot of sense when you guys got when you guys got barreling down on you and it's it puts them in a tough spot. So definitely need to see perimeter defense, you know, pick up a little bit. Well, uh, well, Spence, we're we're butting up against uh, Thursday night football, so we'll we'll get you out of here on this one. Um, any last thoughts, nuggets, anything else you want to share before we wrap tonight? Uh, yeah, no, I just want to say I, I thought that, um, you know, Isaac Okoro over the last week has at least showed a little bit of, of progression. Um, it seems like he's getting some of that mojo back. Um, they, they've got to run more stuff for him from the course. I, it's got to be so difficult, man, when you bring in Donovan Mitchell and him and Garland and Lavert have so much of the attention just with the ball. They, they have the ball the entire time. And Isaac's just sitting there and, and waiting for something to happen. Um, he's somebody that works his tail off and they, they absolutely adore this guy. Um, defensively, he gets after it. You obviously chase his guys around. Um, he's good on the ball. Um, he has not been able to shoot threes and he shouldn't, you know, he's not a spot up three guy. This just is what it is. Um, but they can get him going on cuts off the baseline. They can get him going off the ball as you've seen in the last few games. Um, and I, I contend that he might be the most athletic guy on their roster. Maybe not the best dunker. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, it's hard to take that away from him, but you saw the in-game dunk yesterday. That dunk last night? Full Ooh. speed transition, and and he might have the best Euro step on the team. So um, <laughs> don't throw the towel in on, on ice yet. Um, there's a long way to go, and, and he's just finding himself in that rhythm and trying to get that confidence back. And I think that you're going to see more of him too, because uh, JB's, you know, really put it on himself to, to find ways to put him in position to succeed. That right hand was something else, man. That was nasty. Ooh. He cocked it back mm -hmm. and whew, yeah, you can't teach that man, that, that athleticism, you can't teach it. That's for sure. Well, uh, well, thank you all for listening tonight, Spencer. Thank you for joining us, man. We really appreciate giving us nuggets here tonight. Uh, we'll be back next week. Another episode, uh, Evan Darmo and I will be back. Um, follow him at Spin Davies. Have a good night, everyone. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.